0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: for the show featuring the young dude and that sickly old man by the name of Kevin Jank <laughs> no <laughs> what is your name young dude my name is Peter Jank I'm not that young though and you're not that sickly <laughs> or, or, or old, or old <laughs> or a man I didn't say that part. I left that open for
0: interpretation.
1: (laughs) Very nice, very nice. Very tactful. Yeah. (laughs) I I I try not to judge people. (laughs) That's good. That's what I like to hear. You can't do that too much in twenty seventeen or people people accuse you of a hate crime. Yeah, don't assume my gender. I'm a blender. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Wow. I can see that on a bumper sticker. I'm sure if it hasn't happened yet, it will. It will. Everybody knows it will. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, let's get into the show. We got a lot to cover today. Cause really, I have yeah. two lists, but we're probably not going to get to one of them. So, <laughs> just do oh, one of them. uh, <laughs> excited to do my best of and worst stuff, so. but I'll probably just get to one today. Oh,
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, do the do the worst of next week for sure, man. That sounds really good. I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> talk about the shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're uh, we're doing some uh, some different lists this week. Uh, are you still doing what we were talking about yesterday? Yeah, I might actually do two ver- or two lists, actually. So hopefully I have time. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. So Kevin's going to be doing the best of movies this uh, this this fine day. And I'm going to be doing yeah. the best. Uh, I'm sorry, the worst. Wait, what the hell am I talking about? The best, the best bosses from Kid <laughs> Nitro, which nobody probably even knows about. So it'll be kind of like a brief of <laughs> fun stories in between. And then the best yeah. heroes of Kid Nitro. So. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Are there 10 heroes now? Uh yes. I don't know. I'm trying to do the count right now. I don't <laughs> think there are actually. But I'd like to think <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Maybe some of them are in that gray area where they could be a hero, like Venom. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> like Penny is on there. Um Will, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. adjacent. We'll, we'll cross that. <laughs>
0: we don't. Right. We, won't, we no. don't get too crazy.
1: <laughs> well, let's kick it off with the good old top ten things on. If it plays, okay. <laughs>
0: Hello, women, this is number eight. Now you can all ah, lay them straight. Open the door to your fuzzy elephant. Nine, ten. Never <laughs> It's
1: funny because on the this Edge show the other night, he was playing around with the switchboard. And he was playing some of our uh, some of our songs. He was like, wow, these kids have oh, production nice. value. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did he play our amazing theme song? I like the theme song. Or the intro song. Yeah, he did play that. <laughs> nice. They're they're impressed that we put some, some effort into that one. <laughs> yeah. That one's a catchy one. It gets stuck in my head. <laughs> it is. It's good. Catchy little short punk song. Yep. I'm not against it. All right. Well, I figured <laughs> you could probably talk about movies at first that would probably make the most sense, and then we'll uh, we'll go into my stuff instead of, like, trying to mix it all up and make it confusing for me. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the best movies that I saw in 2016 in the theater. Uh, I got to put that caveat in there because... There's definitely, you know, a couple things where it's like, oh, this movie technically came out in 2015 in one of those limited release things, but, you know, it didn't actually get a wide release till 2016. So, like, it was eligible for the Oscars last year, but, you know, didn't actually hit the theaters around here until 2016. Um, and also there's, you know, some movies like that this year where, you know, they kind of technically got a limited release in, like, Chicago or... Uh, New York and Los Angeles, the end of 2016, but I'm not getting to see them until now. Like I just saw Silence and Patriots Day yesterday, so they're not, uh, you know, eligible or anything like that. <laughs> uh, and also, there's I do want to give one special shout out to a movie that I didn't get to see in the theater because I don't remember really seeing it at any of the theaters around me. But I mean, if it honestly, it's it's so damn good that if I were to include on the list, it would definitely be in the top five um, and would cost like possibly be up to number three because it's so damn good. <laughs> uh, oh. Talking about a movie called Sing Street. Uh, now, did you watch this? I, I know I texted you like a week or so ago. Yes, you did this, text uh, me. And I have not watched it yet. I started watching it. This oh, week has been so crazy bad. just because I'm starting my CDL class next week. So I've been just trying to work Uh-oh. as many hours as I can so I can get ready for uh, I guess the whole shindig over there. So, no, not yet, oh, but I will because it does definitely look cool. It is. It's so good. Like this is a movie I kept hearing was really good, but I'm like, ah, probably not. Probably stupid. <laughs> it just didn't seem like it was going to appeal to me. But man, the second I started watching, it, I'm like, oh my god, I love this movie. <laughs> Everyone was so right about this movie. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> basically it's a movie. I think uh, it's from Ireland. Uh, I believe the filmmakers are Irish. Um, it stars a bunch of unknowns for the most part, uh, like one of the dudes from Game of Thrones is like the dad, but i mean he 's really not a big part but it 's just a bunch of like unknown kids for the most part um, and it 's basically the it's the story is essentially that this one kid he has to go to a different school now, like a you know a private Catholic school, uh, and all the kids there kind of suck <laughs> you know there 's like a bully he doesn 't really fill it, fit in that kind of stuff and um but there's this girl who's always like hanging out across the street from the school, and he like he you know he likes her a lot, so he like kind of is looking for a reason to go talk to her, and uh, he's basically like she he finds out she's a model, and so he's like oh you should come be a model in my uh, my music videos that my band is making, and she's like oh yeah okay maybe, <laughs> but the thing is he doesn't actually have a band. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, shenanigans. (laughs) So he has to try to come up, he has to basically try to start a band uh, with, you know, a couple of kids from school. And and, and they get really good. (laughs) And, like, it's all set in the 80s, which I really like, obviously. I know you're not as big a fan of the 80s, but I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, even if you don't enjoy that aspect of it, you'll enjoy it just for the, the aspect of you were in a high school band, so you definitely know this life even more than I do. And it's very inspirational. Like, it might even inspire you to do more music or just inspire you to, you know, really give yourself 100% to making games because, man, it really just makes you want to follow your dreams. Um, Oh, wow. It's just, it's really good. It's very funny. The songs are great. Um, Basically, like, he's got this uh, older brother who's trying to help him out with his music and stuff. And basically, like, exposing him to new artists that come around in the 80s. And, like, so they gradually kind of keep changing their sound to, like, sound a little bit like whatever the new thing coming out is. Like, at one point, you know, he introduces them to The Cure, so he kind of starts dressing a little bit more goth. And, like, they play a really very Cure-esque song, which I really liked. But it's very. Oh. It's, the songs are great, so it's worth it for that alone. Like, if I had listened to this or watched this movie one week earlier, the soundtrack to this movie definitely would have been on my top albums in 2016. <laughs> this is so oh, wow. good <laughs> Yeah, it's, just, it's a great movie, and it takes you back to, like, you know, back when you really cared about stuff. And just the relationship with him and the girl is really cool. And, uh, like, him and the brother, like, they have a really cool relationship, and it's just... It's a very, very like touching and poignant movie, but it's also it's pretty funny as well. Like, it's just one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Like, I could watch this thing a shit ton. I think. Huh. I'm gonna wow. have to definitely check check this movie out. Yeah, Sing Street on Netflix. Definitely go check it out, people, because it's very, very good. I like very good things. That's great. <laughs> all right so now into the, uh, the 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 meat of the thing here got my top 15 Ew. movies of the year <laughs> oh my god that I saw you in the theater 15, you, you can't even stop yourself you just go straight <laughs> for 15 I know I mean I, I went to the movie theater 98 times last year I saw 70 different movies so I figure I gotta do a top 15 and a, and a bottom 15 <laughs> and that still leaves you know like 40 something movies in the middle <laughs> So (laughs) Uh, first one, number 15, I know there's too much to go on and on about on this one, but hardcore Henry, like this could have been a movie that went really badly, but it was really damn good. Uh, This came out probably like March or so of last year. Uh, It's obviously all a, you know, POV movie. I think it was all shot with the GoPros essentially. (laughs) Uh, so you, it's basically this guy, he wakes up and he's got like robot parts put into him. So you're basically seeing it from his perspective, from like the robotic eye cameras that he has now. Because uh, he was apparently severely injured, so they had to give him a bunch of robot parts to bring him back and that kind of thing. Um, and ostensibly, like these guys break in and kidnap his wife and all this stuff. And he's got to go on this mission to try to get her back. Uh, and It's basically just him kicking ass and stuff and going on, you know, a madcap crazy adventure. And it's it's just really well done. Like it could have been so bad. You think like, oh, I don't know if this gimmick is gonna last for a whole movie, but it really does. And especially because there's uh, his kind of like uh, he's got like a sidekicky kind of buddy type dude <laughs> uh, who's played by that Charlto Copley. Uh, and this guy is fucking amazing in this movie. Like he's the guy who was the uh, he was the main guy in District Nine who I did not like in oh. that
0: movie.
1: <laughs> I thought yeah. he was kind of goofy and cartoony, and it just didn't fit at all. But in this movie, like, this dude is an amazing actor because he plays so many, like, different roles, and they're all very different, and they all feel very different. And you're just like, oh, my God, this guy is putting on, like, a master class in acting right here. <laughs> he was just in another movie so I just saw recently, too. Like, and he was really good in that. And I was like, oh, wow, I was not expecting him to be good in this because he is very cartoony. in right? nine. <laughs> But... I actually do. I do like that dude. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's damn good. And also, <laughs> the other best part was like the villain uh, who, he's, it's not Crispin Glover, but it's a guy who seems a lot like Crispin, Crispin Glover. Uh, except he was playing like an albino dude with long hair who has telekinetic powers. <laughs> so it's essentially like that's, that's albino Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover with telekinetic powers. <laughs> That is Crispin Glover. <laughs> Which is pretty much everything you want in a villain. And he's just way over the top and just ridiculous. And so <laughs> it's worth it for all the scenes that he's in because he's just, you know, out there and, and weird. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really well done. I mean, the, the main character, he, does, he never speaks. So you never hear his voice or anything like that because so, his, like, voice you know, module isn't installed. So you're really just kind of going on this adventure with him, and but it, but the surrounding characters are all so good that it really it really works. Nice, yeah. That's one Five. that I yeah. haven't seen yet, but I've heard good things about. Yeah, I will definitely check that one out at some point. All right. So my number fourteen. This is a movie that, you know, a lot of people are talking about for the Oscars and everything like that. Um, and I will, you know, I definitely have to agree. It's my number 14. It is a very good movie. But I, I can't really sign off and oh, my God, it's, like, fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> my number 14 is Manchester by the Sea. I've never even heard of this one. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, this was a movie came out near 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 the end of last year. Uh, Casey Affleck is the star. Ooh. Um, basically, he plays this guy, who I think he, at the start of the movie he's living in like he's living in like Boston or something. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> or at least what one of those towns right around there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's kind of like he's just working as like a handyman for some apartment buildings and he's you know really he's got a really shitty life you can tell Uh, he just kind of lives in like a basement and like he's real he's kind of an asshole to everybody and he just doesn't seem to give a fuck about anything Um, and then you find out that his brother uh, has just died so he goes up to this city called Manchester by the Sea which I think is in Massachusetts Um, and so he goes up there to uh, you know kind of deal with the estate and all that and they let him know that you know his brother has a teenage son and the brother in his will decided to you know appoint <laughs> Casey Affleck as the guardian and Casey's just like oh no no this can't be right like he's, he's way against it um <laughs> she's like no I can't do this like and you just kind of you don't really know why at this point uh, you don't really find out till later on like why he, he doesn't like this plan at all um and it's, it's a very interesting movie. It's, um, there's definitely like a reason why he's so distant and so just like broken inside. And you do gradually find that out as things go on. There'll be little flashbacks that kind of show back, you know, to a couple of things. And it builds up to the big reveal. And you definitely, like, once it gets to that point, you definitely understand like, oh, <laughs> like, I totally get why this guy is like this now. Like, some really <laughs> fucked up shit happened in his life. Uh so for for that point it's very interesting but overall I mean a lot of the a lot of the movie is just kind of it's kind of slow in parts it's not something you really want to revisit which is kind of the problem I have with it like I I I enjoyed it the first time cuz it went to some interesting places um but I would never see myself watching this thing again <laughs> cuz it's definitely hmm. it's, a, it's a real bummer of a movie like it's you know it's pretty depressing but unlike some movies like that, which, you know, you can still watch again, like Room for a Dream leaves you, like, really depressed and, like, what the fuck <laughs> did I just watch? But I still <laughs> like watching that movie. <laughs> or even, like, uh, True. the episode. there's an episode of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer where someone in her life dies, and it's it really deals with death well. And, like, I can still watch that, that episode a bunch of times. I mean, it's very depressing, but I love that episode because it really, like... <laughs> I don't know, it really reaches in and, and, and makes you feel things. This, I mean, I definitely felt really bad for Casey Affleck, but I never really got to that level where it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll revisit this. I mean, it definitely is an interesting way of, of looking at people who deal with grief. Um, so it's worth watching, I would say, once, but I, like I said, I can't really see myself ever going back to watch it again. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah, but it is, it is very interesting, and it's, it's kind of ballsy in the way that, you know, a lot of movies are just like, you know, some bad stuff happens, but then in the end, everyone comes together, and it kind of, you know, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. And this movie isn't, you know, this one kind of puts out there that maybe, you know, some stuff just is too broken, and you can never really put it back together, which is an interesting, interesting move for sure, so. That's true. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. Huh. I liked it, but and uh, one other thing, like there was, um, like I said, the, some of the editing in this movie was really good. I liked, like obviously they kind of mixed in the uh, the flashbacks. I thought that was done really well, but then like most of the scenes just seemed to go on a little too long. <laughs> oh, like I
0: hate it when that does that. the
1: point of the scene had ended, but then they would you know leave the it, leave it going for like you know, another 30 or another 20 seconds maybe, and there'd just be somebody talking on the phone about something that had nothing to do with the plot or something like that. It's like, well, that's just kind of distracting. Like, if I'm noticing that kind of stuff, it's like, that's probably not a good sign. (laughs) I mean, I get the feeling they were probably trying to be like, well, this is what real life is like. Like, uh, It's like, all right. I mean, I guess that makes it somewhat more, like, you know, realistic, but it's just kind of unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Well, you win some lose so, some, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, my number 13 uh, is another one of these movies that people really seem to love from last year. Uh, and like I said, I had liked it, but uh, it's got kind of the same issue where it's like, I don't really want to watch it again. And this one I actually did try to go back and watch again. Uh, I'm talking about the movie Arrival. Oh. Yeah. This one's getting a bunch of hullabaloo, dude. It really is. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it is good. Like, you watch it the first time, you'll have a good time, <laughs> I guess. you'll. I mean, you'll at least be like, oh, okay, that was really good. But I did go see this again last week. It had been a while, you know, it's been like a month and a half. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go give Arrival another shot. Second time, I am so bored. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, the first time, I mean, it is very, I guess the nice way of saying it is deliberately paced instead of saying, you know, it's slow. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's, that works the first time because, you know, you're gradually building towards something and you don't know what it's going to be. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, a lot of movies do that where, like, even you could, you could say parts of Alien are slow, but then, you know, once the Alien gets there, it really ratchets up or something like that. You know, they've got to build suspense kind of thing. But the second time when you know what's coming, like it really is just boring at that point. <laughs> Cuz none huh. of the scenes in between have like any interesting characters or anything that you're waiting to see uh basically until that ending. So you're just kind of like, "Oh, just get to it already."
0: <laughs> but That's
1: I will say kind of sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I will say the aliens did look pretty cool, Uh, so I guess it does have that, Um, and it is kind of different from your usual alien movies, where it's just like, oh, like, you know, Independence Day, where a bunch of aliens come down, and they're just trying to destroy us, and (laughs) we just shoot back at them, and that kind of stuff, like, it's a movie about trying to communicate with the aliens, and, and how we would accomplish that. Uh, so it's very sciencey in that regard, I guess, and how you would actually try to create some kind of communication between them. And it's basically a movie all about communication in the end. Um, it, from a screenwriting perspective, I can see why people like it. There is kind of a, I don't want to say a twist, but definitely something where you're like, oh, okay. You know, they kind of set some stuff up that didn't go where you thought it was going, essentially. Um, And from that perspective, it really did get me, like, so I had to give it, you know, thumbs up for that, because it was, you know, that was really effective and really good. But emotionally, it really didn't hit anything. (laughs) Like, you don't really care about the characters, or, I mean, I sure didn't. Uh, Amy Adams, is I I like Amy Adams in a lot of things, but she was just kind of, you know, eh. (laughs) nothing real exciting. Uh, like the main actor is, you know, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Renner, fucking Hawkeye. So he's never interested.
0: <laughs>
1: oh Jeremy Renner? The guy's the, most, the guy's the most charisma-free actor I've ever seen. <laughs> this is true. He is charisma-free. I can't even deny that. He's just kind of there. <laughs> So you can tell they're definitely going for an emotional impact in some of it, and that just didn't really hit for me. Um, otherwise, it would be higher on the list. Um, but yeah, huh. I, I heard it, is, it just is just like, pretty touching good. everybody's like, heartstrings. Or well, not heartstrings, yeah, but, but just, like it, it is like really high on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like Kevin Smith loves this movie. He's like, oh man, I watched it a million times. I'm like I can't. It's just not, you know, it was like I said, I enjoyed it the first time. Second time I tried to watch it, I was like, oh man, (laughs) the magic's just not there. Like, there are plenty of movies that have kind of, you know, twists or something that you still can go back and watch. Like, I'll watch Unbreakable fucking all day long. Nobody wants to watch that movie all day long. Nobody. (laughs) Nobody wants to watch that movie. I would. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh (laughs) my God. That movie is not worth all day long action, I can tell you that much. Mr. Glass. Oh, Kevin's gone. All right, everybody. I must have made him upset when I said that Unbreakable was bad. Uh, It's not that bad. It's not good either. So if anybody's trying to figure out, you know, if they want to see that movie or not, I would go watch something better than that. Um, But let's see. What else is a good movie that's better than Unbreakable? Oh, there you are. There you are. Oh, sweet. Phone slipped out of my I hand. I couldn't it. get it back. I was like, uh. I was keeping everybody entertained, so it's not. We're good. <laughs> I heard you speaking about Unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. I said maybe people should not watch it. <laughs> oh, that's crazy talk. I love that movie. That and Sixth Sense are uh, both really good. Then M. Knight kind of went off the cliff for a while. <laughs> and yes, he not does. Split, though. That looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's M. Night's in Yeah. That is hey. him. I did not know that. I'm actually looking forward to that as well. That movie looks cool. Yeah, it does. I heard it might get a little ridiculous, but uh, as long as it's not too crazy, I'm I'm down. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be ridiculous. It's got to be. The guy's got like 37 <laughs> personalities. If it's not ridiculous, then yeah. what the hell am I going there for? <laughs> I feel like the trailer might have given a little too much away. It was like the one part where they keep showing like he's walking with two of the girls down the hallway. It's like, well, clearly the other one's already dead. <laughs> we know she's <laughs> not making that out of this movie. <laughs> I didn't even know there was more than one girl in there, so we're good. I've only seen the trailer (laughs) once, though, so. Oh, okay. I've seen it, like, 800 times. They show, like, every time I go to the movies. It's like, uh, enough already. I'd just like to see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) When's that one come out? Uh, It's this month. I'm not sure if it's next. I don't think it's next weekend. It might be the weekend after that. Huh. I'm
0: excited.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, going to be good. All right. Well, so my number 12, then. Uh, this is the movie that was up for Oscars last year in 2015. Uh, but like I said, we didn't get it till like, January of last year. So I saw it January of 2016. So it's making my list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: talking about the movie Room. Not The Room. <laughs> the awesome time. That we love so much. <laughs> Not that, that one, one. should have been number one. <laughs> Technically, we saw that That year. came out a while ago. That's true. <laughs> if only we were in the theater. If we went to one of those theater screenings, we would have been okay. <laughs> That's true. But uh, this room is the one starring Brie Larson uh, and the kid whose name I forgot already. <laughs> Shit. I knew it at one point, but... Uh, Eh, whatever. (laughs) His name is Little Junior. (laughs) Oh, Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) 50 long stockings. (laughs) Yeah, Jacob Tremblay, who's actually, he's pretty decent for a kid actor, unlike most of them, where you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to claw my eyes out. (laughs) He did a good job in this movie. Um, But basically, uh, I don't want to give too much away about the plot of this movie, but basically... Um, Brie Larson is, you know, she's raising her son uh, in this one little room, um, and you don't really know why they're there, but clearly he's been there his entire life. Like, basically since she had him, they've been in this room, and he only, he basically thinks the entire world is this room. (laughs) He doesn't have any concept that there's anything outside. (laughs) That's peculiar, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i don't want like i said i don't want to get into why that is but uh you, you definitely find out as the thing goes along um and maybe some stuff happens uh but yeah it's it's very good it's a very like touching movie um it'll definitely you know get you get you right in the heart um and it's got it's very suspenseful at times so it's it's good for that as well um yeah great performances uh been a while since I saw it, but I definitely remember really liking this movie, so I had to go on there as my number twelve.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah, this
1: sounds kind of intriguing. I like a good good story, so uh, my number eleven is going to be a movie I think I talked about in the show when I was going to go see it. Um it's called Green Room. Uh, it's very hmm. good. It was basically, I forget the director's name. Jeremy Saulnier, I think is his name. Uh, he's the same guy who made Murder Party and uh, Blue Ruin. I don't know if I've seen either one of those. Murder Party kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, I, didn't, I think maybe you watched, did you watch Murder Party after I talked to you about that one, where the guy finds the invitation on the ground for a Murder Party and Halloween? <laughs> He makes himself like a cardboard knight costume and goes to it. Oh, no, not yet. I want to see that really bad, though. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Oh, damn. (laughs) If nothing else, it's great just because they sit around calling each other dildos the whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I need to see that one. (laughs) yeah it's it's great it's funny as hell um this one is <laughs> this one is starring uh anton Yelchin is actually like the main kid in this uh so it's probably one of his you know final roles um especially about these kids they're in a punk band um and they're trying to, they're on this you know shitty quote unquote tour. Uh, they're basically having to like siphon gas just to get places and that kind of shit. Uh, one of their gigs like totally falls through and they're playing like afternoon at like a fucking Mexican restaurant. So <laughs> all these people who are just like, What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and so like oh, the dude perfect. who's kinda of setting up this uh this gig, he's got like a uh, cousin I think, He's, like a skinhead. And uh so he's like, Well you can go play out at their you know, their their place, um they're having like a whole day of music, you know, you can go on like two in the afternoon, something like that. Um, they'll pay you uh, blah, blah, blah. So they go to this gig and, uh, (laughs) after, like, after they play, they get off stage and they're, you know, going to pack up their gear and stuff. And they walk like into the green room and there's like this girl just laying there dead on the floor. (laughs) They've apparently been stabbed and they're just like, Oh fuck. (laughs) So they're trying to get out of there and like call the cops and stuff like that. But the skinheads are like, no, no, no. Like they like, to try to take their phones and lock them in the green room and shit. And so basically, like, you know, they're kind of locking locking themselves, I think, in the green room at this point and trying to keep the skinheads out. <laughs> and they got to try to figure out, like, some way out of this mess, like, somehow, you know, some way that they can escape out of here um, so that the skinheads won't just murder them all.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
1: And, yeah, it's, like, a very, like, intense horror movie, and it's very... Kind of realistic in its uh, depictions of violence and stuff like that, which Blue Ruin was a lot like that too. Um, It's not like over the top, like, you know, slasher movie. It's very, you know, like the killers are very real, the skinheads are kind of very realistic. You know, it's not like they're like Jason where you just, like, keep stabbing them and they keep coming back or something like that. Like, if people get injured, they really get injured and, like, (laughs) there's actual real consequences and stuff. Yeah. And uh Patrick Stewart is actually like the lead skinhead which is pretty great Ooh. for him. <laughs> yeah, it's a very that interesting uh, very interesting turn for him. So, yeah, all around just a really great movie. Um really suspenseful. Like some stuff will happen, I know where you're like, "What the fuck?" like I didn't even see that coming. Um it's just very good. Like uh, it's very simple. Like I said, you know, they're just trapped in a room trying to get out and you get to freedom. Um, but it's it's a damn good horror movie, and I'm glad I saw it in the theater. Well, I had the chance. Nice. But and the Anton Yeltsin, I mean, was was. Uh, it's Green Room. Green Room. All right. right. Yeah. I have to remember that. I'll just write it down instead of trying to remember <laughs> it because I have a terrible memory. There was one very interesting gore effect. It was unlike pretty much anything I've ever seen before. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, man. I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. I think you'll like it. Now, my number 10. We're finally into the actual top 10 here. Uh, This is another movie. I'm sure this is going to win the Oscar for Best Picture uh, because basically they... Um, you know, Hollywood community basically like sucking their own dick, essentially. <laughs> if you make a movie oh, that's beautiful. about Hollywood, you're practically going to win because they love movies about their own themselves.
0: Their uh, own dick. So my
1: number 10... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> my number 10 is La La Land. I've never heard of Mike that Gosling and. Oh, really? This thing has been yeah. blowing up huge recently. Uh, this is the Ryan Gosling and, uh, Emma Stone musical. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the part that I didn't like, actually, was the musical part. Because it's very much like a throwback. It's clearly trying to be like a throwback to the old, you know, singing in the rain type musical. Which, I don't care for at all. (laughs) So, that aspect of this movie really kind of dragged down for me. I know a lot of people seem to like that, but... I mean, I don't like those kinds of movies, so I didn't appreciate it here. And like I said, the songs were not that good in this movie. Like, I really didn't like them. If like they were amazing, maybe I would have been won over to that part of it. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I'm like, I don't really like musicals, but this was good enough that it won me over. But that's not the case. Like, especially, like, if you're going to make a musical these days, you've got to make it funny, like you can't just like Book of Mormon like looks cool or like Avenue Q where you got like songs like internet is for porn. Like that I'm into. But if you're just gonna write basic, you know, fucking songs like sound like they're from the forties and aren't amusing it at all, it's just like I don't need this. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Why? <laughs> like uh the opening song for this thing it's just like a bunch of people on the freeway in Los Angeles, like traffic is stuck, and uh, they all basically get out of their cars and start singing about, you know, how they have dreams of being in Hollywood and stuff like that. There's none of the main character, or none of the characters from the movie at all, are in this, involved in this musical number. It's just a bunch of random people on the street, and it's just like, what the fuck? Why do we need this? <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> how did this make it so high on your list right now? <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, and some of the, I mean, some of the songs seem downright inappropriate. Like, one of the Emma Stone songs later on is just like, imagine somebody asked you a question and you, instead, you sing a song that basically doesn't answer that question at all. It's like, well, uh, I'm pretty sure you would not get the job then. <laughs> because I was like, okay, Peter Cenk, uh, I'm, I'm I'm from Parker Brothers. And uh, we hear that you make games. Um, so why don't you, we're looking for, we're going to make a new game. Uh, we don't really have any ideas yet. Why don't you, uh, you pitch us some ideas and uh, and just, you know, give us some idea for a game and we'll see if we can work with that. And instead, you just sing a song about having dreams <laughs> and how you've always wanted to be a game maker. <laughs> it's like, well, that didn't help at all.
0: <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a terrible yeah. movie
1: <laughs> that's the thing like the parts the musical parts I really didn't need, but the rest of the movie, for the most part, was very solid, especially once you get towards the end. The ending of this movie is fucking amazing, like it will rip the fucking shit out of your heart. <laughs> not even gonna lie oh um. <laughs> I and, I mean, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are actually very good together. They have really good chemistry. Like, the stuff with them, you know, interacting and stuff is all very good. You definitely feel it for these characters. Like, that's what kind of wins this movie over and keeps it where it is in the list is that they are basically so good. It wins on the strength of these two alone. Um, and basically, like, the storyline itself is pretty interesting. Uh, so that's what kind of keeps it, it going. And also there's there's one part where uh Ryan Gosling is you know, his career is at an all time low and he's basically hired himself out to be in this uh this like eighties cover band. <laughs> so you get to see him playing uh-huh. like uh he's a piano player. So he's playing keyboards in like this eighties cover band and he has to play like I ran by Flock of Seagulls and take on me and I'm like, Oh yeah, so if the whole movie was this I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, the story, like I said, storyline, great, amazing ending. It'll definitely stick with you. Um, So I think for the ending alone, that's basically what what keeps it here on the list is because it's got such a solid ending. Um, And it really does take you on like an emotional ride and stuff. So for that, I got to give it some credit. I just could have done without the songs and the fucking tap dancing numbers and shit like that. Like, (laughs) this does nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) so but other, I mean overall it is a very good movie Um, I wouldn't say it's best picture but like I said I'm sure Hollywood people will (laughs) because they love themselves like oh this reminds us of the old Hollywood so we definitely have to give it the Oscar like the artist a couple years ago like fucking who saw the artist let alone cared about the artist but oh we gotta give it best picture (laughs) because it's about old Hollywood no. <laughs> no one talks about that movie anymore. No one talked about it before. No I ever know. Ever, no one's ever said, "Man, have you seen that movie, The Artist?" No, no, not a single fucking person said that. <laughs> nope. No one cares. I saw The Artist. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. I love Brian Posehn. <laughs> That hey guys. Great. <laughs> All right. So my number nine, uh, I think this is one you'll actually be able to talk to, talk about with me. Oh, you've seen. Ninja Turtles? <laughs> no. That'll be on a whole different list, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you care. <laughs>
0: it deserves
1: uh, my number... my number nine is 10 Cloverfield Lane oh I've seen this one yeah I'm surprised we made it it's not in your list actually (laughs) it was damn good like the more I think about it 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 was really solid like John Goodman had an amazing performance um I just I thought it was solid all the way through a very tense kind of thriller um Yeah, I mean, I like these kind of movies. I I wish it was kind of more of a direct sequel to the first one, but I also really liked what they did with this one, so I can't really complain too hard. Well, I complain really hard. But it was a good (laughs) movie, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was good. Other than The Space Vagina, which was a little weird. (laughs) I loved that. (laughs) That deserves to be number one just for that alone. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I just thought it was really good and suspenseful, and you kind of never really quite knew what was going on, and it was just very, very well done. So even if it didn't have the Cloverfield name on it, if they would have just kept it as the seller and, you know, it wasn't really connected, I I think I still would have enjoyed it because it was just a very good movie. This is true. I thought it was really good. I can't really say anything bad about it. John Goodman was awesome. He's just a mountain of a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. When he was coming after her, like, Jesus Christ, that's got to be the scariest thing ever. <laughs> yep. Now imagine John Goodman He's as being his... father. Oh, God. <laughs> I would never misbehave at all. <laughs> Unless I was on Lozanne. John Goodman <laughs> was always the best that's on Lozanne. Yeah, he seemed very good-natured on there. He was. I love him in that movie. Anyway, or that show. <laughs> was it a movie at all? Maybe it could be someday. Could they kill him? A didn't they? The ah <laughs> uh, yes, they sure did. That was very weird. I didn't so even know dumb. that until much later. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. By the way, Dan died. What? <laughs> <laughs> One of the weirdest endings ever to a series. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, 10 chlorophyll Lane, great movie. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so my number eight. Uh, I wish this could be higher, but since there's so many damn good movies, that it's unfortunately only number eight. But Doctor Strange.
2: Huh.
1: Is yeah, good, I love huh? me some Doctor Strange. Yeah, it was really damn good. Like, I I mean, this was one of the Marvel movies where, you know, it could have possibly dropped the ball a little bit. Like, obviously a new thing for them and the audience, introducing the magical realm and all that kind of stuff. But I was surprised by how much this movie, like, stuck in my head. Like, especially, like, I think the night or so after I saw it, I had some dream that was all, like... Influenced by the movie, like weird magic shit that was from that movie and stuff. I'm like, wow, that kind of stuck with me. Huh. That is yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I saw, I saw it a couple more times. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, some very cool visuals uh, made by Scott Derrickson, the same guy who did the, uh, the the first Sinister movie. I don't think he was involved oh, in the wow. chapter, too, luckily for him. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jesus
1: Christ. So it's not like, you know, it's not nearly as like gory or anything as that or it is dark, but there's some very cool stuff. Like he's tripping through like the astral plane and like he uh he looks at his hand and like little arms grow out of each of his fingers and then like those little arms grow little hands.
0: <laughs> hmm. That's strange. It's
1: so cool. <laughs> I loved it I was like oh my god and I think those little hands you know grew little arms and had little hands coming off of them too <laughs> I was like oh man this is trippy I like it <laughs>
0: strange
1: <laughs> it was but it totally worked and uh Matt Mikkelsen I thought did a good job as the villain like uh they didn't really spend a whole lot of time with him but he was he always brings a cool little energy to it unless he's in Rogue One and he's kind of <laughs> uh, <laughs> but (laughs) it's a very cool villain Um, the way they introduced magic I thought was very well done because you know the the hard part about magic is kind of like it's a lot of times it seems like oh um, you know you can just basically do whatever you want like you can conjure up anything you can basically do you know you're super overpowered because you can just do anything in the world but that was really not the case in this movie, at least not yet. He's he's not really the Sorcerer Supreme at this point. He's just learning. So every kind of spell that they end up using later on, you kind of see him learning. So it's like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. Like you understand why he's doing the things he's doing and how he learned them and, and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's got a very it's got a very interesting ending too it's not just a typical uh, you know brawl you know big you know, big superhero you know brawl kind of thing. It does something a little bit different and a little bit clever, which I, I really liked. It was a really cool change of pace like I thought it was a very interesting choice to do it that way um, and it's still got the humor like the Marvel movies do and I mean Dr. Strange starts out as a real fucking dickhead, but he you know you you still kind of root for him no matter, even though he is kind of an asshole a real asshole at the beginning of the movie. But you still want him to, you know, turn shit around. So they just, Marvel really knows what they're doing with these things. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, they just, I don't know why DC can't seem to crack the code when Marvel just does it so effortlessly with every new property they try to make a movie of. But it seems pretty easy. (laughs) Don't try to overextend yourself with the storyline. Keep it to, you know, the, the basics. Tell a good story, and that's that's what you're looking for right there. Yep. That's pretty much it right there. Don't <laughs> so try to jam in 800 different characters for later on that we don't need. I like to try to jam in my poop. <laughs> don't we all? Just in case everybody was wondering. <laughs> After it's already come out of you, that's when you started the jamming? (laughs) Yep. And that's okay. (laughs) That's what we were meant to do as people. (laughs) 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 You already know. (laughs) And supposedly Doctor Strange will be appearing in Thor Ragnarok later this year, so that'll be pretty cool. Oh, boy. More Thor. That's what we needed as a country. (laughs) I'm excited about this Thor. This is going to be a good one, I think. Oh, it's going to be so glorious. Oh, boy. (laughs) I can tell you're thrilled. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So, my number seven... Uh, it's a movie I'm not sure if you've heard of, but it's called Nocturnal Animals. Uh, kind of sounds familiar. This was Kinda. really good. It came, <laughs> I think it came out like late November kind of thing, maybe early December. Um, it was basically by this guy, Tom Ford. I forget what other movie he made, but I don't think I'd seen it. But he's, he supposedly was like a fashion designer or something, supposedly back in the day. But now he's like directing movies. which is weird. But uh, it's a a really good movie, except for the, oh, my God, the opening credits, fucking skip past them, for the love of God. (laughs) (laughs) Opening credits are the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Jesus. It's basically a bunch of, like, severely obese women. Uh, We're talking, like, 600 pounds. Like naked and dancing with sparklers. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) And they just cut from one to the other. And then another one. And another one. And it's like, oh gosh. I swear to God, this opening goes on for like five minutes. And you're just like, oh, please stop. I can't take it anymore.
0: What's this movie
1: called again? (laughs) (laughs) Nocturnal Animals. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: so that's your Girl. thing. You will love this beginning of the movie. But after that, it gets much, much better. Basically, uh, this is another Amy Adams movie. Uh, Amy Adams is like, uh, she's married to Army Hammer, who was like the guy who played the twins in the social network, or he was uh, the Lone Ranger. Um, she's married to him. They kind of have been married for a while, clearly, and they, you know, the love is gone. He's basically always flying out to New York and cheating on her and stuff, and and she's just kind of, you know, staying at home. Her career's not really fulfilling her. Her, you know, her life isn't really fulfilling her at all. She's just kind of bummed out and doesn't know what to do and that kind of shit. Um, when she receives in the mail um, a, like a manuscript from her ex-boyfriend, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I think actually ex-husband. They were married back in the day, uh, supposedly before she married this guy. And uh, hmm. he was a writer back in the day, but nothing really, you know, took off. Um, and she, you know, so I think she kind of she kind of left him because uh, she kind of started, you know, uh, she she didn't really believe in him anymore, and you know, he was con- continuing to follow this dream of being a writer. And she was just like, you got to grow up and that kind of stuff like that. Um, And so she basically cheated on him with this other dude who she's now married to. (laughs) And, like, she apparently was pregnant with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's kid, and she basically had it aborted. (laughs) And uh, he was not too happy about that. (laughs) So he has now, it's been, you know, many years have gone by. It's probably been over 10 years at this point. And he sends her this manuscript for his new novel that he wrote called Nocturnal Animals. Um, And he's like, I want you to read it. You know, let me know what you think uh you know after everything that happened I kind of I've been feeling inspired, that kind of stuff like that. <laughs> so she's like, alright. So a lot of the movie is really just her sitting around reading this manuscript, but then you get to see like a movie within a movie where it becomes what the what the story is about. Like you actually see, you know, a visual representation of what the book is. Okay. And uh so in that version you you get to see Jake Gyllenhaal is, is basically the main character as well. So he's a real-life character, and he's also a character in this book. Um, and as, and <laughs> you know what's kind of weird? Is uh, the wife in the movie, within a movie, is Isla Fisher. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense, because her and Amy Adams do kind of look alike. <laughs> do
0: I don't that up, though. I so.
1: uh, Isla Fisher, she was... um. She is the other redhead. She was in like Wedding Crashers. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Uh oh. Did hey, Kevin disappear again? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. you has gone. Oh, there you are. There you are. We found you. Sweet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can't slip you your phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay so basically yeah <laughs> she's reading the book and you get to see what the book is about essentially uh, and in the, mo- in the movie within the movie basically Jake Gyllenhaal is married to Isla Fisher and uh, they have a teenage daughter they're all driving to like Texas so they're, like, I think they're moving to Texas and they're on their way there um, it's late at night and they meet up with some hooligans on the road basically who start fucking with them um, and it's, it becomes a very, like, tense thriller in, like, the book. And some dark, dark shit happens. <laughs> like, it, oh, goes, it gets really weird and twisted. And so Amy Adams is just, like, reading this book, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, she kind of, you can tell that, like, she feels like the Isla Fisher character is supposed to be her. And <laughs> she's just like, oh, my God, this is fucking weird like I don't even know what to think but she's very like she's just she's, she, you can tell she thinks this is a, an amazing book like it's really well written and stuff and she's just like oh my god like uh, she doesn't really know how to think like what uh, you know how to process it but clearly he's writing about their relationship using this story as like a parable for what their relationship is um, yeah. and the story within a story is really it's really it's a really good thriller so that on its own is fucking is a great movie <laughs> like that part is, is huh. intense as shit well, uh, like the guy who plays Kick-Ass and uh, Quicksilver and Avengers, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's kind of like the yeah. main, uh, like hooligan guy. And he actually, I mean, I've been unimpressed by him in a lot of things, but he was pretty damn good in this as <laughs> being like a complete asshole, you know, bad guy. Like he was kind of oh, almost. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, and so that she keeps reading this book, and I won't give away too much, but he basically you know, he wants to meet up at the end and try to get her, her feedback on the thing and you're kind of wondering what's going to happen. Um, it's a very strange ending. <laughs> One of those where like, it might at first you're kind of like, huh, I don't know what to think about this. But then you, the more you kind of marinate on it, the more it, you kind of, all right, I get it. I think I get it. <laughs> I think I like it. I
0: think I want to marinate a little a, more. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's very like artfully done, but it's very, I don't know, it's very interesting just the way they kind of have this story within the story being like a metaphor for everything that happened with them in real life and that kind of stuff. And you're, you're kind of wondering where this is all going to go
0: and how it's going to
1: turn out. And, and it's it's very well done. Uh, Michael Shannon pl- is in the story within a story. Uh, he's always great. He plays like a cop. <laughs> he's He's great. I love that guy. when he's not in a DC movie he's great (laughs) so yeah that's number 7 Nocturnal Animals Um, oh number 6 love me some number 6 this is a horror movie I would say definitely the best horror movie of the year Don't Breathe Ah, that's another one I want to see. Yeah. So good. (laughs) It gets off to a bit of a slow start. There's some annoyingness, you know, characters being annoying, which they typically do in horror movies at the beginning. Um, Especially one of the characters. (laughs) He's like this white dude with cornrows, so you know this is not going to be good for him. (laughs) Like, fuck. Can they kill this guy already? (laughs) So annoying. (laughs) No one wants that. (laughs) But basically nope. there's these, you know, three kids, uh, or, I mean, they're not really kids, kids, but you know, like college age kids. Um, they decide, they've been breaking into houses and stealing shit. Um, and they get kind of word that this old man, this old blind man, say back. Oh, and Kevin's gone again. Um, hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. All We're right. On damn it, <laughs> I need to, like, tape this phone in my hand. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen Lang plays this old blind man, um, and they're like, oh, he's he's got this big settlement from, you know, what happened to, his, like, his daughter got killed, so we can break into his house and, you know, steal all of the money from the settlement, and he's just an old blind man. He can't do nothing to us. Like, he'll be easy pickings. Um, so they break into his house, and shit just continues to go south from there. <laughs> oh, man. And I won't get it get into the twist too much, but it's very suspenseful. It's a very good horror movie. Like it's filled with a lot of uh, things that make sense. Like, Oh shit, this doesn't work. So we have to try something. Let's try this. Let's try this. You know, that kind of thing where it's, it's got a good flow to it. Like you understand why people are doing what they're doing. And it's not just, you know, craziness (laughs) and random, random, like, uh, you know, random stuff. But, so it's very well done from that perspective. There's one scene in particular that the minute I saw that that scene, I was like, "Fuck, this movie's getting an A just for this scene alone." <laughs> <laughs> it immediately went from whatever this movie was, it was already you know up to straight up to an A. Uh, I won't say too much, but it involves a kitchen something that you normally find in the kitchen, um, and it's <laughs> it's a great scene. <laughs> oh, and you uh, know. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's it's excellent. So, don't breathe. Definitely check it out. Stephen Lang gives a great performance. Um, it, I hope he becomes Cable, because he really is perfect for it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm sure Deadpool would have some comments about something that happens to him in this movie. <laughs> they could definitely do some very meta jokes about it. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't I'm breathe, looking at a picture uh, of him now. Definitely. He definitely looks fitting. Yeah, he's a scary ass blind man. I tell you that. <laughs> Apparently, they did not. They did not realize that he was in the army and stuff like. <laughs> Oops. Jesus. <laughs> Fucked with the wrong blind man this time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my number five. It's going to be a movie I think we talked about on the show a little bit when it came out. Uh, Hell or High Water? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if um, we have. I don't remember this one. This was a movie came out in like the summertime uh, starring Chris Pine and Ben Foster who I think we talked about when I saw like uh, Star Trek. I'm like, Chris Pine. <laughs> this guy's stupid. But he was actually pretty solid in this movie. Um, and Ben Foster plays his brother and he's even better. Like that dude was great in this role. Um basically these two brothers uh um, Yeah. They uh these two brothers they live in Texas, um, and their family ranch like is gonna get foreclosed on. The mom has recently passed and like left it to uh Chris Pine's kids, but the bank's gonna foreclose on it unless they can, you know, pay off the mortgage kind of thing. Um so they basically decide to pay off the bank by robbing the banks and basically giving their own money back to them. Uh-oh. So they go on like a bank robbing spree of just the, you know, the same bank, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that was interesting. And at the same time, you've got the storyline of these uh, two like Texas Rangers or U.S. Marshals, I forget which one, but uh, it's basically um, Jeff Bridges, and uh, he's got like an Indian... Uh, like a Native American kind of partner that uh, he always gives a lot of shit to. But... <laughs> he always makes fun of the dude for being Indian. <laughs> At one point, the guy, the, the uh, Native American guy is just like, you know, I'm also half Mexican. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll make jokes about that once I get rid of all my Native American jokes. <laughs> once I get through all those. <laughs> 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 They've just got a very interesting uh, very interesting relationship where he's just constantly busting his balls and shit like that. Uh, and he's clearly very close to retirement and that kind of stuff, so this is one of his last big adventures uh, and it's it's very it's very funny at times and it's also just very interesting it's almost like a modern day western in a certain way which I wouldn't think I'd be interested in but it I don't know, it kind of works it's quirky in certain parts and it's just kind of like you get to see what life is like in these tiny little southern towns and it's just weird and I don't know, it's just kind of very interesting and very well done, and it's it's a, you know, it goes in a lot of cool places, so uh, definitely check it out, Hell or High Water. Huh. Ben Foster is great. He's so good. He's like he's like the loose cannon kind of brother who's been in jail and that kind of stuff. So. He's <laughs> he always plays the loose it. cannon very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's never going to be just the the, uh, the straight-laced kind of <laughs> no, nope, good guy. Do what you're told, kind of dude. Nope. But the two of them together are really good. I mean, they've got a really good brotherly bond and stuff. So it's it's interesting. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, my number four. <laughs> this is a movie that seriously surprised the hell out of me. Like I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, eh, all right, that looks okay. Maybe I'll go see it. <laughs> Uh, but then I started hearing good things from you know uh, people who had seen it and stuff like that online. Uh, so I figured, all right, I'll I'll go check it out. Still not really expecting much, but I watched it and I love the fuck out of it. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Edge of Seventeen. Oh, <laughs> I know you you say that now, but I think you should really watch this movie. I think I'll say that forever. I, I think you'll honestly really like this. Like, you'll, there'll definitely be stuff in here that you'll relate to. Like, I know I did. It spoke to my inner teenage girl, I guess. <laughs> I I don't <I'd> want it.
0: You
1: <laughs> know, it's just, it's a very... <laughs> uh, Haley Steinfeld plays this girl named Nadine. Uh, and she's, a, like, a very interesting character. Like it's hard not to relate to her because she's just, she's a bit of a drama queen and takes stuff a little too uh, seriously, but you can't help but like feel for her and just go on this, you know, this like heartbreaking adventure she's having. Um, She's like, she was amazing in this movie. I would honestly like say in a movie where something like Juno can get up for awards, like this should be up for, you know, she should be up for best actress. I don't know that she'll win, but, I mean, especially, I wouldn't say there are many performances this year, more, you know, that could even compete with her. She was very good in this movie. <laughs> huh. like, she could probably be the next Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. Yeah. So, that does she make a candle in at this goose? Movie. Yeah, it's, and it's very funny. Like, <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. Basically, so the movie's about, like, uh, she is, you know, in high school. She's. She was always picked on. When she was a kid and really didn't have any friends until she kind of started hanging out with this one girl, and they've been, like, best friends ever since. Um, and, she you know, they were, like, her only friend, and now her only friend has decided to start dating her brother, who she hates. Like, she's, like, you know, feels like her brother is always Mr. Perfect, and everybody loves him, and so she hates him and that kind of stuff. And so she does not react well to her best friend dating her brother, and, you know, her life just kind of feels like it's spiraling down the drain from there. Um, one of the funniest things and I feel like I was the only I think I was the only one who laughed at this in the theater (laughs) but I like laughed out loud and like cackled, it was so funny Uh, it's like they show a little flashback to like when she was a kid and she's probably like, you know, second grade or something like that and these three girls like push her down and they're like (laughs) we hate, they're like, everybody hates you you suck and you're gonna get AIDS (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing my ass off I mean how is that even not funny that's hilarious I know I don't get it it was great you got little kids talking about other kids getting AIDS that's amazing <laughs> And she's got a very good, like a very cool, interesting relationship with the, uh, with her teacher, her social studies teacher, I think it's a history teacher, uh, played by Woody Harrelson, who's also amazing in this movie, like he's, you know, a supporting character, but he's fucking, he's great in this movie, like he really liked Woody Harrelson's character, and he's always like busting her balls and like, (laughs) <laughs> it's a very interesting relationship because it's very antagonistic at times but he does, you can tell he actually does give a shit and he actually is a good person and stuff like that so it's it's a very uh, all the way around, like the characters are just very interesting and well developed and you kind of, you care and you know, kind of feel for all of them and it's just like a great movie, I think you should actually seriously watch this ah uh... <laughs> I know you say that but I think you'll actually enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know if I said anything. That was just moans and groans. <laughs> but they weren't good moans. Like, mm. <laughs> oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Um I went back and saw this again like probably 2 weeks later and it was even funnier the second time. So <laughs> it's very good it's very well done um, and like I said you'll definitely I think you'll definitely really relate to the main character and as well as some of the other characters like there's this because uh, she's just very awkward and very you know very introverted and kind of but she does weird things <laughs> and so it's just it's very it's a really good movie I really can't speak highly enough of it Edge just 17 uh, you should definitely go check it out uh all right Uh, with that ringing endorsement let's go on to number three the nice guys I don't remember what this one was I love me the nice guys this was uh Movie written, uh, written and directed by Shane Black, uh, who was the guy who wrote the uh, Lethal Weapon movies and some other movies like that, Glass like Boy Scout. Um, he also he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, and Iron Man Three, and he's basically very good at like teaming up two un- you know people who shouldn't really be uh, <laughs> associating together, and like they have to team up to solve like a case or you know to do a certain thing, and you know they have this weird kind of awkward dynamic between the two and you know a weird like the typical you know um odd couple type situation and this is kind of like that starring Ryan Gosling and uh Russell Crowe um they're based, they're both private detectives but they kind of get uh intermingled in each other's lives a little bit and they're very different type of people but you know they kind of start to forge a friendship throughout the the case um and it's it's very interesting it's it's hilarious as hell <laughs> like They're investigating this case, and eventually they find out about this uh, this house that they were filming a porno in. And this kid comes by on his bike, (laughs) and he's just like talking about like, yeah, they were making a porno here. Like, I wanted to be in it, but they, I was like, I got a big cock. (laughs) They wouldn't let me be in the movie. (laughs) Like, you guys want to see my dick? (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) They called him. He's like fags. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is really actually. <laughs> the whole movie is great. It's like the the actual plot that they're investigating kind of almost doesn't even matter because it's more just about the uh, the chemistry that these two have together. Especially like Ryan Gosling plays such a pussy in this movie that it's great. Like he's just like a complete fuck up who's always like drunk and he's got like a daughter who's like constantly letting down because he's just such a dumbass. <laughs> And, like, he's completely inept. Like, he's trying to, like, break into some, uh... He's trying to, like, break into some, you know, somebody's house, trying to get some dirt. And, uh, so he, like, punches through the glass kind of thing. Like, trying yeah. to be all slick about it. But uh, on the way back, he pulls his hand on the glass and starts bleeding all over the place. <laughs> and, and, like, that second <laughs> you see him getting taken away in an ambulance. <laughs>
0: so good. <laughs>
1: Oh man, it's just, it's hilarious movie. Uh, I love Shane Black movies. I'm a sucker for like pretty much all the stuff he does. Uh, so I'm very excited that he's doing the next uh, Predator movie. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna go, oh, but God. could be interesting. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <like> it. going <laughs> be interesting. He was actually uh, he actually had a small part in the original <laughs> Predator movie as like an actor. Oh really? So it's kind of like they're bringing. Yeah. Which is interesting. He was one of the commando guys, but you know, one of them didn't didn't have too much screen time, but <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean Nice Guys is is very funny, it's very good. Uh definitely check it out. Um <laughs> The daughter keeps trying to involve herself in the case and she's actually she's a pretty good actress too. Like she's one of these kid actors who doesn't bug the shit out of you. I think she's in that Spider Man movie. Oh. I'm hoping they will <laughs> Hope he should be one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> they can get rid of all the be- all-, <laughs> 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 all right. Time for the top two. And it's kinda anticlimactic because I'm pretty sure everybody knows which ones these are gonna be. <laughs> oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Number two by hair is Captain America, Civil War. <clears throat> nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. I know you weren't as big on it, but, man, I think this is one of the best things Marvel's done. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you can say that. <laughs> I don't know how you can not say that. <laughs> not that good. It really was, though. It did such a great job of like balancing out all these different characters. Some of them that they were just introducing for the first time, and they still all got at least their moment to shine, which is pretty great. <laughs> that airport scene uh, is one of the greatest like battles I've ever seen in my life. That's the um, only good part bounced. of the whole movie. No, the whole thing was amazing. It's too convoluted. <laughs> Not really. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I mean, it it is a good movie, but I don't think it was... Like, everybody's saying it's one of the best movies of the year, which, I mean, apparently I'm missing something. I mean, I didn't feel like it was convoluted at all. Like, it seemed pretty straightforward. They they really did trim down kind of just the basic elements of the Civil War storyline, and I thought they really integrated it well with what was going on with Bucky and keeping that storyline going since it was a Captain America movie. And I, I like the way that they kind of pull the rug out from under you a little bit at the end where it's like, oh, they think that Baron Zemo doing one thing, but he's really doing something else. <laughs> and it's very much more subtle kind of revenge story. I feel and... like they just tried to add too much, especially for the airport scene. Like, there was no reason why Ant-Man was there. None. They didn't even give you a reason. He <laughs> was just like, oh, he's in the car. Oh, okay. And then they just made up a reason to put Spider-Man in there. You never hear about him in any of the other movies, but here he is. Well, he's clearly new at this. (laughs) He had that shitty costume that he made himself. It's clearly he hasn't been Spider-Man for very long. I don't know. But it is a good movie. I'll give you that. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought, I thought it did a lot of good things. You know, it had, it it was very funny in parts and then it was very emotional in parts. Like seeing, you know, Tony Stark just go batshit crazy when they, (laughs) he finds out that, you know, Bucky killed his parents. And just seeing that fucking complete ripping apart of him and Steve Rogers, like it it was brutal. Like you've come to really like care for these characters after seeing them in so many movies that, it, I don't know it really just got to me. it was okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of the year, maybe I could see uh, I don't know, I didn't see too many movies this year, but but i guess I so. thought even the other even the other non airport action scenes were really well done, I thought like the one where they were chasing Bucky and like on the stairwell and shit like that was fucking great. <laughs> was so well, like done, like so well done. Yeah, that's true. I guess. All right, good call. a good introduction well, no. to Black Panther. It tells you everything you really need to know about him. That is true. I'm actually looking forward to Black Panther, even though I was not expecting to like him at all. I don't know how much I'm going to like him in his own movie. Cause <laughs> he doesn't really talk much. He's kind of good as like a supporting character. But I don't know. We'll see how the movie works out. It's true. They do have a lot of we'll a lot see. of actors in there. I'm intrigued, man. Um, yeah, and finally, but no one will ever guess what my number one is.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> Drum roll, please. Number
0: one.
1: <laughs> oh, my Hot Pocket is ready. <laughs> number one is the movie that I saw seven times in theaters and countless um, times on is DVD it ever since. Marvel? Sin. I bet <laughs> it is. Well, not technically. Not Marvel Studios, anyway. This is true. <laughs> but number one, of course as I called it when I saw it, is Deadpool. 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 Sexy motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, I don't even know what I can say about this movie. It was just so great. Uh, From the first time I saw it, I just had a huge smile on my face the entire time. I really can't remember any theater-going experience where I just had this much fun. Um, and it's also just a very well-done movie as well. Like, it's got a good storyline. It's got a, a, a romantic plot that is fucking better than most actual romance movies. <laughs> it's it's really got it all. It's got, like, the the emotional stuff, like... Uh, like it really hits you hard, like when she's like trying to get him to stay uh, instead of just bailing and stuff. Like it's, it's so well done. Like it had way more emotion than you would have expected from this type of movie. Um, and it was so funny. Like it's funny in a way that most movies don't even try to be, especially superhero movies. Um, I've been a big fan of Deadpool since you know the mid '90s, so I've been waiting for this my entire life. And they definitely did not disappoint. I mean, I have to give Ryan Reynolds, like, the most credit in the world for sticking with this thing for 11 years and and fighting so damn hard to get it made because he knew what what it could be, and he he stuck to his guns, and he made it happen. This is true. I will say that as well. I mean, he definitely knocked it out of the park with this movie. This movie, I'll tell you this. I have not bought a DVD in years, years, (laughs) years, years. I've not bought a DVD in years, but when Deadpool came out, I knew I was going to buy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many great alternate takes and special features on there. Like all the alternate mm-hmm. lines that they try, because so much of it is just ad-libbed on the spot. <laughs> and just running yeah, around it, come up with stupid stuff. And it did, it did the X-Men better than the X-Men movies have done the X-Men. <laughs> like the Colossus <laughs> that they show in Deadpool is way more Colossus like than anything they've ever had in the X-Men movies this is true it's sad but true <laughs> and they kept the costume just perfect it looks like Deadpool they let the eyes move which was an awesome choice <laughs> whether or not it makes any sense this is true <laughs> I don't I but... yeah Supporting cast is great. Uh, I mean, it's got one of the best opening credits sequences of any movie ever. You can tell, like, from the beginning of the movie. That is true. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's so damn good. And supposedly, I think it won, like, awards at uh, the Writers Guild and the Producers Guild. So people are saying that if there is an outside chance that it will get nominated for a Best Writing Oscar, if not possibly a Best Picture Oscar. <laughs> There's oh, a very Jesus. small I'm chance that that might far. happen. <laughs> I've heard I mean, people on these like, movie shows far. that I watch. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It sounds far-fetched, but it's, get like I said, other guilds, like... You know, the people who vote for the Oscars are from these guilds, like the Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, you know, the Actors Guild, and all that stuff. So if they're all voting for Deadpool in their separate awards, that means it to get some votes in the actual awards. <laughs> like the shows I are watching, so. I mean, they were I mean, putting in it. Awesome. Oh, me too. I mean, that would be the greatest day of my life if Deadpool's up for for an Oscar. Deadpool. They all seem to. They all seem to think that the writing one there actually is a significant chance. Like, they, you know, for like adapted screenplay, there is a pretty good chance of that happening. The best picture one might be a little bit more out there. They were, I think, saying maybe, eh, I'd give it (laughs) fifteen (laughs) percent. So not very good odds, but, um, but it seems like it could at least for writing, which is, you know, that's pretty awesome in my book. (laughs) <laughs> it is pretty crazy. That is awesome. Though. And Ryan Reynolds as best actor and um Deadpool for Best Picture were nominated for Golden Globes. Which is fucking cool. Damn. You know those awards are kinda of stupid. But <laughs> still kind of interesting. Nobody cares about those ones, but it is very interesting, <laughs> that's for sure yeah it's I mean Deadpool is just one of the greatest movies that I've ever seen in my life like honestly there's like I said I think I said last time that it seems like once every 16 or so years a movie will come out that'll just get me you know be everything I want in a movie um <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back <laughs> and Deadpool <laughs> are the three movies that I just like oh my god this is kind of movie I can watch over and over again without ever, you know, getting sick of it. Your logic is hilarious. And <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, Tom <laughs> Pop Strike Back is a good movie, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure is okay. Oh my god, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is great. So when was the last time you watched it? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably when I was (laughs) seventh or eighth grade, maybe. (laughs) You're definitely due for another one. (laughs) That's (laughs) what my dad says, but the spanking. He's like, you're definitely due for another (laughs) one. (laughs) Like, come on, dad. Come on. Stop being a dick. Keep the belt on. Please.
0: Papa, please. <laughs> no, Daddy, no! <laughs> All, right. All well, right. I guess
1: we'll okay. get into my shenanigans, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. All right. Here about well, the Kid Nitro. As most people don't know, I make games. <laughs> <laughs> but... One of my uh, one of my most favorite games that, are, at least definitely definitely my favorite world, or at least my second favorite world, um, is definitely the Retro City world where it's all Kid Nitro. Um, and oh, essentially, yeah. I'm, I think because I, I did a count and I don't really have enough good guys to have a top ten good list, but I got at least enough to do a top five, I suppose. But uh, that's all that counts. Yeah.
0: Essentially,
1: <laughs> essentially, I'll just go through this list. Um, and I'll try to come up with a good order or I came up with a good order, but I'll try to come up with a, you know, good idea or at least illustrated in people's minds of what these people are and what it's all about. So my number We're 10, visual aids. For my, I know those are the best kind of AIDS to have, um, <laughs> but I wish, I don't know, whatever. So anyways, my number 10 is Omega nerd. I really like this guy. I think he came out amazing. Um, so essentially Omega nerd is a fat dude with a neck beard and his weapon of (laughs) choice is a lightsaber, which just makes thematic sense. But I mean, he doesn't have the greatest story. I really haven't come up with a story for him yet, but I will say that he is one of my favorite, uh, designed guys just because I love the fact that I was able to give him a neck beard. Um, and neck beard, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's just lazy fat people or fat nerds that just are so lazy they can't shave their neck. So hence the name neck beard. Um I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> uh he doesn't really have a story yet. I haven't gotten into the story with him very much, so it is what it is, I suppose. But uh that that's Omega Nerd. pretty cool. Pretty uh the next one I'll is Number nine is Edgelord. Edgelord
0: is...
1: (laughs) So the story with him pretty much is, uh, and I would probably have to give credit to uh, my buddy Gully for this one, is he he started off as an edger, which means that you you jerk off until you're just about to spermulate, but you don't actually (laughs) spermulate. And that's what an edger is. But an edgelord crosses the line. What ends up happening is he jerks off while listening to Linkin Park and playing Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> and then you've crossed the line and you've become an Edge Lord. And that's what this guy essentially is. He's kind of like an emo guy who only can jerk off but never actually spermulates. But like I said, he does it to listen to Linkin Park and uh, playing Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> it just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> I like, like to go right up to that line, but not cross over it. <laughs> no, you, you cross over, you become an edge But <laughs> the, the whole thing, like Gully, was told me one time was, it was like, yeah, an edge lord is when you jerk off while uh, while listening to Linkin Park and playing Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm like, what? And then I was waiting for him to give me an explanation, and then he does this. Crawling in my skin.
0: <laughs> I,
1: like, I couldn't stop laughing because his face was so intense. I was like, "Oh my god!" So, anyways, <laughs> my number nine is Edge Lord. Yeah, he is. He's a delightful. Uh, oh, and uh, another note: he uh, his weapon is a scimitar, so he just has a scimitar, It just makes sense. Um,
0: oh, nice.
1: All right, number eight is Weed Killer. He's one of my most favorite design guys. He has plants for hands, and that's also his weapon, is he's got plant hands. Kind of like the plants from, like, Mario, but Mm they're his his hands. But his story is really cool, because essentially what it is, is uh, he was one of the ones in the first game, and essentially, he... I'm trying to remember the story, but I believe he was watching over his wife's garden or some shit like that and then something happened to his wife and it burned the garden down in the greenhouse but there was only one plant that survived and I think I called it like the moon glow or the red moon glow plant or some flower or some shit so essentially (laughs) he put it in his head (laughs) I don't know Uh, he put it in his head and has this like weird aquarium for a head the only thing you can see in the aquarium though is uh, the red moon glow flower and uh, I should have had <laughs> the cards out because I don't, I don't remember the story of him except for he also, no. also got plant powers. So he one of the original know. ones.
0: He was a classic
1: um, in Nature guys. Very true. Very true. Um. My oh, number seven is Mad Maniac. He just looks badass. He's another one I don't really have the story for, besides the fact that I know he's going to be addicted to horror movies. Um,
0: But essentially
1: (laughs) what he is, is he's got uh, Jason's hockey mask, Michael Myers' jumpsuit, and Freddy Krueger's uh, claw hand. His claw fingers or whatever. Um, But he's just essentially just addicted to horror movies and just kind of went out on a rampage. He's pretty badass in the uh, Retro City Rumble game, too. He's like one of those cards that you hold out hold out on playing, you never actually play him as a fighter. You just play him to kill everybody. He's really awesome. <laughs> um, number six is Chop Suey. Just because of the fact that his name is Chop Suey, I think that's hilarious. And then I came up with this huge elaborate story with him where essentially like thousands of years ago, um, he had a master named Master Hoisin, which is also funny it's also a pun on Hoisin sauce. But his name was Master Hoysen and he taught him everything he, you know, I absolutely knew about kung fu and whatnot, or uh, what is it, uh, the art of feng shui, I think I put in there. <laughs> uh, but essentially, just uh, <laughs> all these weird puns. Uh, but so essentially, he, uh, a bunch of ninjas ninjas came in and uh, uh, killed Master Hoison, and that's when Chapsui learned that the headband that. Master Hoyson had had, had had on uh that he always wore actually gave Hoysen immortality. So, uh I don't know <laughs> well, then how did he get killed? <laughs> well he got you could still be killed, but you live essentially forever was the idea, I guess, behind it. I mean if you got stabbed, you would die, but essentially you would never age, I guess you could say. So okay. uh, yeah, so essentially just as he's dying, he hands the headband to to uh, Chop Suey, and Chop Suey wears that headband, still proud thousands of years later. No one knows his true age. Um, but that's Chop Suey. <laughs> the next one, uh, number five, is Captain Raptor. And I think this the only reason why this one made this amazing list is because this one came from like yours, mine, and Nick's head uh, when you guys yeah. were here, and we are all trying to come up with ideas for this Captain Raptor guy. I think Nick was the one who came up with the fact that he should be a policeman. <laughs> it's essentially just a, yep. a dinosaur is also a cop. Which kinda reminds me of uh Kung Fury. If Kung Fury didn't do it, it probably would have happened in my <laughs> game where Kung Fury is Tricera cop. But in here I've got Captain yeah. Raptor, so he's just a Raptor cop, which is pretty hilarious. Um but yeah, that's number five. I don't again I don't have a story for him except for the fact that I just thought it was cool that all three of us kinda just came up with it one night. Um, he used to be a number sergeant, but then he got busted down for banging hookers on the side. Yeah, it's true. And then eating them afterwards. Um, <laughs> number four is uh, the newest, adi- or one, at least one of the newest additions to the game, and that's Change Boy. I thought that it would be pretty. Oh, fun yeah. To make a game where, like, all the there's all these different professions in the game where you got like. Uh, I don't know, like clowns versus magicians and magicians versus, I don't know, Captain Raptor. <laughs> I don't know. A bunch <laughs> of just crazy professions. But then uh, it, it occurred to me that it would be hilarious to add one of my alter egos into the game, Change Boy, where it's just literally a dude who goes around buying everything with button change. <laughs> and uh, he just pisses everybody off. She's so like, fuck, just give me a dollar bill. Like, no, I don't have that. I've only got change. <laughs> But, yeah, it just pisses everybody off. Just like Berger, I think people tell you to go to the McDonald's because they don't want to deal with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Change Boy. He looks cool. He throws change. He's got one of the more deadly uh, abilities in Retro City Rumble, which just pisses everybody off. But it's great because that's just what he is. But Change Boy. It's good stuff. I love him. Um, and then he's got a, he's got a shirt that has the sun sign on there as if he was a superhero <laughs> in the past life, either a superhero or an asshole. Uh, number three <laughs> is, uh, Mickey Finn. Mickey Finn is the, I guess the ultimate badass amongst all these bosses. Essentially he's like the Dr. Wiley of the game. And, um, uh, yeah. he kind of came to me, uh, cuz I was like how can I make somebody, you know, badass um, it makes sense with the name. So essentially, you know, the uh the the name comes from like slipping somebody a mickey and then after looking it up, it's actually it's stirred from some dude in Chicago, which is I didn't even know this until I started looking more into this, but it started from some dude in Chicago in an Irish bar in, like the night or yeah, the early 1920s I think or 1930s but some dude named Mickey Finn who used to always drug women or I think it was just drug women in an Irish bar. And oh, uh, it later became just known as slipping somebody in the Mickey or slipping someone a Mickey Finn. And huh? that's the name Mickey Finn. So essentially all he does is try to poison the world. And in the first game I made, essentially he uh, poisoning the clouds and then the, Rain would, well, the clouds would eventually rain. The rain would get into the water system and then poisoning everybody, trying to kill everybody, uh, is his thought. <laughs> and hopefully he can get money. It to would stop not, his shenanigans. It would knock Kid Nitro out and he could finally have sex with him. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sex with his blaster. All right. Number <laughs> two is a two way tie it's heat stroke and, uh, uh, <laughs> I forgot to write it down, but I wanted to make sure that I had it on here. And, oh, uh, Sinister Sickle, Jesus Christ! It's Heatstroke there and Sinister Sickle. Now, Heatstroke was the very first piece of art I did in pixelated form. Uh, I never did any True. pixel art prior to this, um, at least the ones that I actually tried with. And it was originally for a game called Dreamscape, which I. I'm sure everybody's kind of heard once or twice. Unless you're new to the show, you've never heard me talking about that at all. And then uh, uh, I liked him so much, but I needed him to have a counterpartner. So then I made Sinister Sickle for the next wave for Dreamscape. And then Kevin and I kind of discussed how we all loved Mega Man so much that it got to the fact that we're like, oh, we'll just come up with this new, new game that's kind of like a spinoff of it. So thus Kid Nitro was born. Um, but essentially, Heat has got a badass backstory. He was a fireman that uh, worked his ass off all the time and then he got called to a house and unfortunately the house number sound, or the address sounded very familiar. It was his own house and he lost his entire family in the house. And then Sinister Sickle has probably one of the coolest stories in the entire series so far mm. where Him and his family went out into the mountains. They used to do it on vacation every single winter. But they would go out to the mountains and go for these hikes. But unfortunately, one time, they decided to take a path that would get them lost, or ultimately lost. And uh, they were stuck out in these mountains, like, for days and days and days. And for whatever reason, uh, Sinister Sickle wasn't being affected by the cold, but unfortunately, his family was. But... He was still being affected by hunger, so his family pretty much said, or pretty much allowed him to eat, eat the family as they slowly died. Kind of, uh, kind of morbid, but yeah, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of a cannibal. But that's fine. That's sinister <laughs> about him. Just a little bit of a cannibal. It's all right. Mm-hmm. He only ate his whole family. <laughs> um, well, I gave they him enough it. to find out where the hell he needed to go. And then we all already know what number one is. I don't know where I got the name from. I don't remember what <laughs> what had happened to get to this point. But number one is Dr. Milk. Oh, yes. Dr. Oh, am. Yeah. I think, think what happened was is I needed a white character for the game. And I put this white substance in the syringe. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that's going to be. It's not going to be weird. And then I finally came (laughs) up with the idea of Dr. Milk. I'm like, that's so weird. I don't know if any of you are going to like it. And then when I I sent you the text message explaining what the hell he does, I was like, I don't think Kevin's going to like this. He's going to be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) So I had to, like, elaborate what the hell his power is and why you would want to be scared of him. And then you, like, shot back a text message saying, that is the weirdest but most greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. And I was like... (laughs) Fuck yeah, it did it. Um, That's true. But essentially, <laughs> he's my favorite. Ultimately, Doctor Milk just injects people with milk, and uh, his idea is to try to keep every. Or, oh, fuck Hold on. Let me grab the. Oh damn it! I never. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Look, hold, hold your horses. <laughs> I want to look this one up because I don't want to miss. Let <laughs> me read this one. Off. This <laughs> is my number one. This is one of the best <laughs> wordings ever. All right, hold on. Uh, bosses, Follow uh, the back. Yeah. Did you just make a trading card game instead of just doing like the battle? Everything you just get these cool cards that just have bio <laughs> and attributes, and it's, oh, yeah, like, you, like, you don't like, even yeah. play a game with them. Just like baseball cards, it's just collectible. <laughs> yeah. So this guy's name is Corvin Calcium. That's his real name. His attributes <laughs> are. Uh, He's just over one on power, over three on smart. So he's pretty smart. He's not too fast, and he's got some okay skills. He's, he's uh, five feet, nine inches. He weighs 171 pounds, and he's 46 years old. So he's definitely been in the practice for quite some time. But let's, let's learn about <laughs> Dr. Milk, everybody. Come along with me on this journey. Corbin is a pediatrician who lives to take care of children and to make sure that they are being taken care of. Just listen to that. It was like, what a sweet beautiful. Yep. But hold on. The one thing that Corbin can't stand is a child having the proper environment to grow or is the child, hold on. Did I word this word? Child not having the proper environment to grow healthy in. One day he saw such an act. What he saw was so vile, so disgusting and so disturbing that even to this day, he cannot speak of it. Due to the events that took place that day, Corbin snapped and lost his mind. Not only did he uh, want to nurse children, but everyone around him. The only way he can accomplish this <laughs> is to inject them all with milk from the combination of several different animals' milk. <laughs> He just injects everybody with everybody's milk. He's crazy. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. That's Doctor Milk. He's pretty. He's pretty (laughs) cool. I love him. We'll never know what the mystery thing he he saw was. Nope. You have to read it in a comic someday. Whenever I get to that. (laughs) Probably never. Oh my god. It's gonna be the best. But, yeah, I just wanted to do that instead of a full-blown game. Like, just make cool collectible cards with crazy stories. Yeah, that'd be sweet. You don't play them. You just put them in a binder How and fun. read them for funny times. <laughs> but, yeah, essentially Kid Nitro is an amazing universe with some crazy, crazy things going on all the time. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy this game a lot. Um, I, well, at least all the games that I've made so far. Um, from the Solitaire one to uh, Retro City Rumble. Very cool shit. Um, And then essentially my top five favorites are uh, number five is Penny. She's the one who makes all the weapons for the four characters, four other good guys. Um, And then there's Kid Ultra. He's pretty cool. He carries a bazooka. Uh, Kid Echo, he's one of the coolest looking ones. He has, oh, I guess there's Kid Nitro Plus. I didn't even think about him, but uh, Kid Echo, he's got a sword. Uh, Kid Turbo, he has a shield and a blaster, which he's he's definitely close to my number one. But Kid Nitro ultimately is my favorite. He's so cool, looks like Kid Vid from the Burger King commercials from the '90s. <laughs> yeah, he does. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's the whole the whole spiel there with Kid Nitro and the fun jazz. I love those guys. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Um, I don't know. Uh, we got about like 15 minutes left before I get kicked off. Do you want me to do the uh the board board game, or do you have stuff in Nerd Corner? Uh, yeah, go for it. Alrighty. Um, are you gonna do the song? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. don't have to. I love uh, the I song. Do, do. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's the greatest song ever made.
0: Close are all the rules.
1: noise of playing cool. There's
0: only one thing for me. Just wait and see, baby. I love board games. Why don't you come over here and play cool? I love board games. Look what I got. I got guess who. Boo-do-ch. boo do Boo-do-ch. meow no meow no meow no
1: <laughs> mm. It's a reason I hate that song. <laughs> I don't know what. It's so good. It's the Captain America Civil War is a song. Nope. Definitely not that at all. Alrighty. <laughs> well, um, the board game I'm talking about this week, I got to play it last night. And apparently everybody likes it so much that we played it twice. Um, cool. but, and this game is called Clank. So I'm, I'm always told, it depends on what group of friends I'm in. If I'm with Sean and those, uh, those people, I'm a terrible game explainer. But when, I, when I'm apparently with <laughs> everybody else, I'm one of the best. But anyway, I'll try to do my best to kind of sum up the game. Essentially, you're an adventurer looking for treasure inside of this crazy cave. Now, what you're trying to do is get some treasure, and you, the aim of the game is to get more treasure than the other adventurers in this castle. But at the same time, you're trying not to make too much noise. If you make too much noise, the dragon wakes up and he tries to hunt down people. And the more noise you make, that's where he's going to go towards, or that adventure is where he's going to be going towards. Now, this game is considered a deck-building game. And essentially what you'll be having to start out with is a basic 10-card deck, and you'll be buying new cards to put inside of that deck for later use. Some of the cards cause clank. Clank is a mechanism in the game where you take a cube, a little wooden cube of your color, and you put it in the clank area. And inside that clank area is what's pretty much uh, making that noise for the dragon. Now, certain cards, when they're drawn from the store deck to be placed into the store row for you to purchase, will have an icon on it of a dragon. When that dragon icon shows up, you take all those cubes in the clank area, you put them in this black bag, and then depending on where you're at in the Dragon Awakening board, um, you'll draw so many cubes from that black bag. So you don't know what cubes you're drawing out. So say if I was the blue adventurer, if I draw out two blue cubes, I've taken two damage. Um, of course, other people's cubes are going to be there. Also, there are 20 black cubes that just don't associate with anybody. It's almost like, oh, sweet, he missed me kind <laughs> of thing. Um, Okay. But essentially, it sounds like a simple game in a sense, but there's a lot of different resources and management of what you're trying to do. Um, so you can, you can kind of like, uh, I don't know, like hoard a bunch of the skill points that you can use to purchase games, or I'm sorry, cards from the store. Or maybe you're just trying to harness a lot of the movement resource, which allows you to traverse through this dungeon, or I'm sorry, the cave or whatever, to pick up a lot of these different uh, treasures. Or you can go for a lot of fighting to fight a bunch of different monsters that you'll find uh, throughout this uh, cave as well. So it's like, which one do I want to go with, and what's going to give me the most points? Now, the cool thing is, is if you die in the cave portion, well, this, this part's not cool, you'll lose everything you got in the game. Now, I've not seen anybody die down there. Most people get at least up to the castle or above ground area. If you're above ground and you die, you still get to keep all your stuff, as if, like, the people of the castle... We're like, oh, this guy must have died. We'll just scoop him up and bring all of his belongings with. But he's, he's in that cave, fuck that, leave him there kind of thing.
2: But essentially
1: <laughs> um, essentially, all you do is you're trying to get a bunch of uh, treasure and trying to get out of the castle. If you get out of the castle, you get 20 points right off the bat. The person with the most victory points at the end of the game wins. Now, uh, the first time we played it, I played it with somebody who does not play board games at all. And then I played it with Sean, who plays very heavy board games. And then me, I'm kind of all around. I'll play simple games to very heavy games. I loved the game. Sean loved the game. And the person who's never played board games loved the game. And then Sean's kind came over, and he played. And he's like, this was actually an extremely fun game. So everybody had a really great time playing this game. Um, It was so much fun because you have It depends on some of those cards that come out in the store for you to purchase because it kind of weighs which direction you maybe want to go. Do you go more fighting or do I go more movement or do I try to get more points so I can buy more cards? So it's such a fun game, man. And you you try to, like, manipulate the store or manipulate other people to try to go in different directions. Like, oh, yeah, you should totally go down there. It's going to be easy for you to get down there. And then you end up fucking them, but then they end up buying cards that you really wanted. Which end up fucking you. It's oh, great, no. man. I really love that game. It's so much fun. Um, I know there's going to be an expansion coming out for it this or in March. Which, so the game oh, origi- It's still funny. So uh, the game originally came out. I think it was sometime beginning of last year, and almost immediately went on print. Then I watched a live video yesterday, and they're like, "Oh yeah, um, you know, we're going to be. Uh, they will probably be sending out." I believe they're making a reprint of it and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then I ended up going to the game store and I was like, if they have it at the game store, which I highly doubt. I've been here like a hundred times. If they had it here, I'll just pick it up. But if they don't, whatever. They had it. They had it. I bought it. I was like, oh my god. So I ended up picking it up, of course, and I don't regret it. But the expansion is supposed to be cool because it's called the Sunken Treasure expansion. So essentially, instead of going through a cave or a dungeon or whatever they want to call it in this game, um, you're literally in this like weird water world and you're now trying to not make too much clank for a sea dragon, which on the box cover looks badass. Um, so there'll be new treasures, new stuff for you to do, and I'm really excited for this new expansion. So um, I enjoy the game. I love the game. <laughs> uh, there are solo player rules that I saw online. Essentially, it's just like a can you beat your high score and get, you know, or it, essentially just trying to go down into the dungeon and getting as much treasure as you possibly can, but at the same time oh, not getting sense. hit by the dragon too many times. So uh you kinda try to play your strengths there. But very cool man. I really like it a lot. And that is Clank. <laughs> they're probably gonna come out with eighteen million expansions, that's just the one. You know, so buy them all. Um I don't think they're gonna be too I don't think they'll be too expansion heavy because it seems like they're trying to keep it all within this weird universe, so they're trying to expand to other um, mechanisms and different games. Like, they just came out with another game called Clonk, but apparently did not do that oh, well. But apparently they have other games in the, the line that are in the same world, I guess. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I like it a lot, and I, I hope to see more. Very nice, very nice. I'm going to play that. Sounds fun. Oh, yeah, dude. You, you'd like it for sure. I think you'll get into it. Um, I, I don't see really anybody not liking it, actually, shockingly. I think everybody will have a good time playing it. <laughs> I think everyone will like it, even people who have no arms, legs, or eyeballs. They'll love it. Oh, I mean, I was honestly shocked that I <laughs> found somebody who – it uh, doesn't play board games, so I was like, hopefully this makes sense to you. And we start playing it and at first like I don't understand some of this, or can I use this now when I buy it? I don't know, like, you use it when it comes back. And he was he was kind of confused at first and then he started getting it. He was like, actually this is this is pretty fun. I am really liking this. So uh I don't know man. It, it, it's definitely a blast. I very highly enjoyed that game. Very highly. Me likey. Indeed. Should play it at the wedding. <laughs> we have a lot of games to play. I will. <laughs> I'll br- I should bring some games for sure. That's, that'll happen. Let's see. Let's take a okay. gander at what small games I could bring. Um, this way, everybody can prepare the heinous. So they'll do a like quick review. <laughs> um, I'll probably bring uh, Welcome to the Dungeon. That's a great uh, push your luck kind of game. That'll be fun. I could probably bring Cock Cockwood Man. That one's hilarious. Um, what? I'll bring Koo. Yeah, Tock Tock Woodman's a fun. It's almost like Jenga, but um, instead of like pulling blocks from a, a, a tower of other blocks, you've got this like tree, and you have a small plastic hat, oh. and you have to hack. You have to hack the uh, wood off this tree. It's, oh, it's so much fun. Um, we played that a lot yesterday. What? A lot. Um, but yeah, talk Talk Woodman for sure. Uh, welcome to the Dungeon, I'll probably bring. Uh, maybe Hero Realms. Um, Love Letter, I'll bring for sure. Maybe not Hero Realms, mm. but definitely Love Letter. Maybe Munchkin Time Adventure Time. Or Munchkin Adventure Time. Uh, Master of Disguise. My suitcase is oh, yeah, of board games. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> yeah. You bring any clothes? No. No, but at least I have Clank. <laughs> That's the important part. Yep. But yeah, we'll have some good games for sure. It'll be good. it good for everybody. But that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else for today, good sir? Oh, I think we're done for today. Alrighty, just as a reminder, everybody, tune in next week. We'll be doing good times with Kevin again, but on the worst 15 movies. And uh, we'll get <laughs> yeah. to fun... Some fun other list that I'll try to come up with by that point in time. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. 2BD. I want everybody to stay happy, healthy, have a great rest of your weekend, and remember, if anything and nothing else, remember to flip that tip. Bam! <laughs> have a great rest of your weekend, everybody, and thanks Call for listening. Tell us the song I mentioned. It to you. Oh,
0: you're the kid in the barn. Saturday it's two o'clock on the edge of the morning. She's running magical circles around my head. I hit you right on a dream she's driving. She turns to kiss me, I crash back into bed. Across the street on a grayed out Monday, I see the girl with the eyes I can't describe. And suddenly it's a perfect Sunday. And everything is more real than life I think I'm back in the dream I think I'm back on the